The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Um, we'll have NFL football on the air for you tonight as well. As Man, that uh, they, they don't ever take a day off, it seems like. Um, but they'll play tonight. We'll have uh, the New York Giants playing at the San Francisco 49ers, Jimmy. It's a big game right there. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. It would be a big game if the Giants were able to pull off an upset. But, you know, playing without Barkley, I mm-hmm. feel like this is going to get ugly. 49ers are 2-0. and uh, Giants are 1-1. One and one. Of course, they lost a week win, week one, uh, to the Cowboys. And they were, uh, they were winners last week. So, uh, but you're right. I mean, without uh, Saquon Barkley, who, I mean, <clears throat> unfortunately, unfortunately, what you see, you know, with these, you know, um, running backs with Barkley going down, here we are week three, and he's, he's going to be out for several weeks. And Nick Chubb being lost for the season with just a, a devastating knee injury, I and mean, he'll have surgery on that and then work on rehabbing it. This, this is kind of why teams don't go into that second contract with them or pay them as much is because they know they're going to get hurt. And just the shortness of careers. The guy, yeah. they, don't, they tend to drop off faster than other position players in the NFL. Yeah, but I mean, it's just, uh, it's just unfortunately for, for them, it's just, it's business. And, you know, <clears throat> you're just not going to guarantee a guy you know, large large sums of money beyond his rookie deal, um, because of, of the shelf life. It's just it is just not there. And you know, injuries to Barkley and Chubb will cause teams to be continue to be cautious and know, hey, there's always going to be a running back that's going to come up in college that can be serviceable, that can kind of do what we need them to do. Mm-hmm. And you know, they're always going to have fresh legs and going to be less likely to have had an injury because they're coming out of college relatively clean um and <clears throat> you know that that just says to them why sh- why should we give this large sum of money past you know the initial deal and it's, unless 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 that running back can do more than just you know run between the tackles but even even the guys that can you know have the the fleet of foot and can get down the field that at time after time after time history says they're going to get hurt yeah. or, then, or just end up not being as good yeah. as they they were before yeah um so you got that tonight as far as that and that will be on 100.7 the score tonight we'll have that at uh at 6 30 this evening so we'll have uh, red raider football with joey mcguire at six uh, the NFL at 6.30 on uh, 100.7 the score, and then uh, Coronado High School football tonight at 6.30 as they take on Caprock on 96.9 the Bull. Friendship Tigers are in action tomorrow. They'll play uh, Rio Rancho tomorrow night. That's a 6.30 broadcast time here on Double T 97.3, and then we'll have Monterey and Abilene High. Abilene. It's not Abilene. It's Abilene. It's not Abilene, prettiest town I've ever seen. That's in another state. It's just Abilene. Okay. 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 That'll be yeah. at uh, seven thirty tomorrow uh, from Lowry's. They have a doubleheader at uh, Lowry Field tomorrow night. 
I think that Estacado game is the one that's a really good game tonight, taking on uh, West Plains. They they put it on Estacado last year, so I think they've uh, kind of been remembering mm, that one. I'm sure they and will. I think, yeah. uh, I think that's the one when you're, you're talking about. I think West Plains is ranked inside the top 15. We okay. know Estacado's undefeated, mm-hmm. so that's the one that I think will be the, the, the really good matchup tonight. That's a 7 o'clock kick tonight uh, at Lowry Field, so I'm sure that uh, – Coach Blaylock will uh, have some kind of reminder for his guy. He's a, you know, that's kind of an emotional guy. You know, he's, he, and his kids kind of have a, they all kind of have a, a bit of a chip on their shoulder, though he's, he always has a towel on his shoulder. And it's kind of just, that, you know, just kind of wipe the sweat off. And, you know, it's just kind of a workmanlike mentality. And those, mm-hmm. those kids are, um, I mean, they've come back with a sense of purpose. And they've got stud quarterback, running back, you know, offensive line. You know, they've just they've they've got athletes, mm-hmm. and so far, I mean, they've been they've been dominating in their in their victories the last three weeks. Last week, one sixty-two to nine. The week before, forty-eight fourteen against PD, and then uh, beat Dumas forty-two to nine. So, uh, the opening week it was uh, a defensive struggle, sixty-five fifty-one, but Estacado came out on top. Yeah, their defense since then has been really really good. I think the defensive coordinator is Coach Blaylock's brother-in-law, so I think he had. <clears throat> more than a talking to with him over a barbecue or something like that. I mean, hey, buddy boy, you better shape that up. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to come over here for wings and ribs and burgers and steaks. You'll get you'll get nothing. Okay. You'll get nothing. So they try to motivate that, that team. Uh, a couple things here from the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Uh, well, Chuck, what other quarterbacks are behind Morton? I asked because if we continue to sputter with Chuck, why wouldn't Morton transfer? I think you see Morton this weekend. Well, he's. I think if he were going to transfer, he probably would have already transferred because even though Shuck's potentially got another year left, he'd have to petition. Um, I mean, he's he's going to be done after this year. I just can't imagine a scenario where Tyler Shuck would be back next year. Yeah, yeah. So at this at this point in time, that's that's uh, that's not that's not going to happen. Uh, Brandon says this. The real question is, what's it going to take for our fan base to support the quarterback? The experts, in parentheses, coaches, choose. We could win 27-13 to 13 this week, but if Shuck doesn't throw for 400 yards and three touchdowns, fans are ready for a change. Do you think yeah, that's... I don't believe that. I don't, I don't either, because I think the tide would switch, right? If you, if you play a clean game and win 27-13, <clears throat> to 13, I think Red Raider fans would be thrilled this weekend. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, did, you, did you score 27... Uh, did you only score 27 points when you had way more opportunities, but you... You turned the ball over, or you missed open receivers, or your receivers didn't make catches, or you're out, you know, that would make you feel differently about it. Mm-hmm. But if you play a clean football game against a team that I would assume, I think we could all say that this is the best defense you're you're going to face, you would have faced so far this season. I think it'll be better than Oregon's. Mm-hmm. Um, if you score 27 in, in that game, win 27 to 13, I think you'd be thrilled. I, I, I don't get behind the. Uh, the the text that you know that everybody just wants to root for the backup quarterback or everybody just nobody's behind the this quarterback or or whatever um the people that aren't behind him think the other guy's better it's not they're not just trying to to be against Tyler Shuck mm-hmm. i mean so it's not like they're just looking for something to be upset about Okay, I mean, if you want to sit there and tell me he's been great, then you have every right to say so. 
I also have the right to disagree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no. and I think I think any <clears throat> fan, whether it's a Texas Tech fan or a you know University of Washington fan or a San Francisco 49ers fan, when they have a quarterback that's not playing well, they question it. It's harder to do when it's an offensive lineman or a defensive back or whatever. We all yeah. know that. Yeah. But it's the nature of the beast. Do you think um, 27 points is enough to win? Yes. Okay. Yes, definitely. Okay. Yeah, I think, unless you turn the ball over a bunch and mm-hmm. set them up, because I don't think offensively they're fantastic. They're not super explosive, but they're going to really challenge you with the way they run the ball. They they average twenty nine, but I mean you have to temper that because of um, of who they played in week two. Played uh, Duquesne, yeah, whatever. yeah. They put up fifty six on Duquesne. They lost at Penn State thirty eight fifteen. Beat Duquesne fifty six seventeen, and then won last week over Pitt seventeen to six. So, kind of feel like that high teens, early twenties would be more of an average for them at, at this point in time, and they may have a change of quarterback. Um, when it's all said and done because of uh, injury more than anything else. Uh, but I would, I would still think that maybe the, if he's able to practice this week, then you'll probably see Green out there as the, uh, as the QB. All right, 625 this morning on the morning drive. We're just getting started. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Uh, I'll tell you something that's about to be history, Jamie. Um, if you... Uh, Look at uh, media reports. One one of these two is about to be history, or they're about to put them together. Uh, the XFL and the USFL apparently are in talks to merge the two spring leagues for 2024. Okay. Okay. Not probably a whole big surprise because when it's never been successful in the spring, to have true, two to try to be successful – is probably going to be really, really difficult. But uh, by all reports, both leagues lost millions and millions of dollars. I mean, there's only so much that people that own things can take when it comes to that. So, um, you know, the USFL just finished up its second season. The XFL is in its third reincarnation following seasons in 2001 and 2020 and finished its first season this past spring. And they've also confirmed plans for 2024. Both teams have eight, both leagues have eight teams. They played 10 week regular season schedules with two playoff rounds and then a championship game. I mean, the difference between the XFL and the USFL is when they start, XFL starts right after the Super Bowl and runs through May 13th. The USFL started in mid-April and ended on July 1st. I don't know what is a good time. It just seems to me to start right after the Super Bowl when you've kind of reached this, you know, denouement, so to speak, the the grand climax of the season. Seems like people are like, okay, I'm ready. It's college basketball time. Or it's, hey, I need a, I just need a little break because football's been going on since basically the 1st of August. But then it seems like April 15th is too late because... It's baseball season. We've just opened the season. It's opening day. It's and you're going through July and or through the first of July, and it's vacation time and all that kind of stuff. End of school. A lot of activities. I mean, 
I'm not a fan of the spring football leagues at all. It's we've I don't have to beat my head against the wall to say how I don't like it because I don't like it. But <clears throat> it, w- it just makes it would make sense to me to kind of for it to if you're gonna if you're gonna do it, do it a little bit later than the Super Bowl, but do it sooner than the start of Major League Baseball. Yeah, I guess it just kind of depends on who you're trying to appeal to. I mean, there's football fans out there that aren't basketball fans or aren't baseball mm-hmm. fans, and so either time would be good, and you know, starting it right away wouldn't wouldn't bother them at all. Um, but then there are other people that are, you know, that combination of NFL fans and college basketball fans like yourself that say, okay, maybe we probably need to push it back a little bit more. Um, it's far as what you're banking on where will more fans be you know bothered by it or or, i mean not bothered by it but will will they make make time to to find um time to watch it i mean that's 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 tough to say i Mm -hmm. I almost feel like they'd be better off waiting a little bit till college basketball is over um but but maybe not i don't know I, i will i also feel like and i could be completely wrong on this because it's just me in my I feel like I you know college football Saturdays are a little bit different college football Saturdays if if tech's not at home I I, I don't know you know I'll, I'll make time to to sit and watch college football games but like just sitting and watching sports on the weekends when there's so much to that can be done and so much activity to be done outside and all that I just don't find myself watching a ton of it. Even like, for example, the Rangers. I watch more Rangers in the evenings, mm-hmm. you know, where there's a little less going on. My day is shut down at, you know, 7 o'clock or 7.30. And for the last hour and a half or two hours before I call it a night, I'm watching the Rangers game. I almost feel like those leagues would be better off being on like Thursday night, oh, okay. you know, or mm-hmm. or Tuesday and Thursday or Wednesdays and Thursdays, whatever, than Saturdays and Sundays. I mean, just during that time of the year, mm-hmm. the odds of me sitting around on a Sunday and or or a Saturday watching watching some you know spring football game is just it's just not likely. I mean, it's the same way for me now with the NFL, you know, unless the Cowboys are on and I really need to watch it. I just don't make time for it. Now, the Sunday night game, again, my day shut down. Okay, so now I'm, I'm at the house, whatever. I'm not outside doing something. I'll watch those games. So I, I just think they would be better off putting those games, making a schedule that includes them playing on, again, pick a couple nights that are back-to-back, Tuesday and Wednesdays or mm-hmm. Wednesdays and Thursdays or whatever. I feel like they'd find more of a niche um, for sports fans than they do on Sunday afternoons and Saturday afternoons. The weekend. Spring. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. That's, that's certainly a thought. I mean, it's not like they're just getting tons and tons of fans. I mean, they're they're only averaging yeah, it's, a million fans watching the games on the weekend as it is right now. That's, yeah, like that's for, not a big number at all. Like, for example, last night, right? Okay, so, again, I say I'm more of a during-the-week watch, watch it guy. Mm-hmm. Um Last night, you know, the Rangers play early. I'm like, okay, what's what's to watch tonight? You know, because, I mean, there's no college football, or I mean college basketball right right now. There's no college football on Wednesdays. There's, there wasn't a Rangers game or whatever. So it feels like, man, there's a there's an opening there. And, and it's, I would guess you'd probably be better off running it up against baseball than college basketball. That would be my guess. I don't, I don't know. But then, yeah. 
I don't know, college basketball, it seems like there's... I think there's more of a niche there than... Yeah, well, no, it's not a, it's, college basketball is not a niche. They, I mean, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they're playing. Mm-hmm. And then Saturday, right? Mm-hmm. Thursday and Friday are kind of open. Yeah. That time of the year. Yeah, that's true. Thursday, they don't, you I mean, play I, a Friday night USFL, or XFL, whatever they want to call a, a game. Is there a conference that plays basketball games on Thursday? I'm sure Fridays? there's, I'm sure there's probably some, you know, seems like maybe like group of five or somebody like that that maybe in these cities that don't have a spring football league team that probably would be playing some. Yeah. So I, I just think <clears> it's smarter for them to, to find the, the time where they would have a more captive audience then i just don't think saturday afternoons and sunday afternoons in the spring are are what they're looking for in my opinion i think think they'd be better off during the week that's that's a good point but then the the challenge is they're trying to get people butts and seats too and that's fair you know and it's sometimes hard for those folks that are living in those cities sure like hey i'm my my, i got kid activities i got stuff i'm trying to do so Mm -hmm. uh it's a it's a conundrum for them. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'll give you a, a West Virginia tidbit here, okay? This is a, this is a bonus, bonus bit, all right? Neil Brown at West Virginia is in his fifth year. He's 24 and 26. That's why they're not happy with him, the natives there and probably others. He's, mm-hmm. you know, two under 500. However, and this is this is what they do now, and this is kind of what they're known for, is running the football. Under Neil Brown, when West Virginia rushes for at least 100 yards, they're 20 and 5. And that's what they're going to want to do mm-hmm. on, on Saturday. They're going to want to run <clears throat> the football. The... So far this year, they're averaging 200 yards a game in rushing, and Texas Tech is averaging giving up 143. Now, you can talk about the quality of opponents and, you know, who you've played and who they've played. and You know, you've each kind of had a patsy and you each kind of had a a top 15 team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fair. They've played a tough tough schedule as well with With Penn State. Two power fives. Yeah, yeah, Penn State and Penn. One of them pretty good. Mm-hmm. One of them mid. Yeah. Not so May. much. Yeah. Meh. Um, I wonder what national average is, or I, let's just look at the Red Raiders. I wonder what the – I bet the number is higher for Texas Tech as far as the percentage if you get a 100-yard rusher percentage of games that you win. You just said that West Virginia under Neil Brown won 80% of their games with a rush for over 100 yards, mm-hmm. right? 80%. I bet that number is even higher for Tech when they rush for a, when they have a 100-yard rusher. Okay. Yeah. Just I, because they've usually been able to throw the football, it's been the struggle, it's mm-hmm. been running the football. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I bet the national average is probably close to what West Virginia's is, but I bet for the Red Raiders it's higher. Okay. I'll See if I can effort that for you. Um, here is uh, Tim DeRuder. He is the defensive coordinator for Texas Tech. He talks about the West Virginia offense. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Coach Brown's been there a few years now. And, you know, if you looked at the tape, you wouldn't think he was an old air raid guy. You know, he's he's going to be committed to running the football. Uh, and I think that's the strength of their team. I think they've got an excellent offensive line, very well coached. 
Um, they're athletic, they're physical, uh, really, do a really nice job, particularly in their outside zone running scheme. Uh, they've got a big back in four. Uh, zero does a, a, a good job there for them, too. And then uh, 22 is a, a dynamic back for them. So they pre- can present some scheme things uh, that you got to work on because they run uh, their inside zone with an insert, which is a little unique for uh, what we've seen anyways out here. Um, they're going to you know, obviously pair that up with, with play action passes off. Of it. They, they tag a lot of their running game with RPOs. Uh, the guy that makes it go is green. You know, he's, he's a very athletic, dynamic runner. Uh, we know he got dinged up, uh, you know, the end, end of the game last week. We'll see. You know, half our week will be preparing for him. The other half will be preparing for eight. You know, one's right-handed, one's left-handed. So there is a little bit of, uh, you know, game plan, and that will change depending on who's in. Uh, I think they had one play last week. They had both of them in. So, you, you know, doing little things that uh, Coach Kitley does to, to keep you off base a little bit. So uh, Garrett Green last week he he only attempted two passes uh, like you said he got uh, he got dinged up um, he was ten of eighteen against Duquesne and sixteen of twenty seven against uh, Penn State but he <clears throat> in terms of his um, in terms of his rushing so far this year he's rushed twenty one times for one hundred and five yards um, he mentioned C J Donaldson uh, Donaldson had uh, eighteen totes one hundred and two yards last week. And then had uh, 18 for 81 against Penn State. Didn't really run the ball that much against Duquesne, 13 times for 56. But he's averaging almost five yards a carry. That's nice. So yep, you got to you got to figure you got to find him. You're going to see a heavy dose of him. I feel mm-hmm. like um, it feels like to me if you can get West Virginia into third and long a bunch, then you you have a good chance to to play a solid defensive game in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that's easier said than done. And as far as uh, Jalen Anderson, he's number zero. He uh, last week rushed 19 times for 62 yards. His longest was for 13. He's averaging just under four yards a carry, 3.8, and had uh, just minimal carries against uh, Duquesne and against Penn State. So uh, the other the other quarterback for them, um, aside from uh, Green, is uh, – is number eight. He's the kid from Chandler, Arizona, 6'1", 226. He's a redshirt freshman. He's played in five games through his first touchdown pass of the season in the pit game. He went six of nine for 60 yards um, and uh, went seven of 14 for 75 against uh, Duquesne. So he um, <clears throat> he not really uh, rushed the ball that much against uh, any of those two teams. He's only rushed the ball three times this year. So He's not necessarily maybe the the running threat that Green is because um, Green uh, in his career has passed for just under 1,100 yards and has rushed for 727. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's that kind of quarterback. <laughs> but he had an ankle injury um, in the pit game. So he threw just two passes and then missed the rest of the game uh, because of an ankle injury. So he's that he's that, you know, the question for Neil Brown maybe is, hey, who's going to be your – starting quarterback and he may use the old well you'll know who he is when he trots out there comment well and at this point he may not know yeah. just because he doesn't know if mm-hmm. uh, what this qb1 is going to be healthier now. yeah it's going to be healthy. i mean you would think today would probably be or yesterday might have been a big day for him for green you know if he practiced and was not feeling any effects of that but uh marchiol will, will nico 
N-I-C-C-O-M-A-R-C-H-I-O-L. It looks like uh, looks like his dad might uh, be connected. Nico. 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 Who are you talking about? Their quarterback. His dad might be connected. You know, like connected. Organized crime, you know, underworld, you know. Might be living in Arizona under an assumed name kind of deal. Hey. <laughs> you totally lost me. My bad. The totally. Well, My bad. No, You're not the only one. Okay. <clears throat> I don't yeah. know, Jeff. I looked over at you and you looked like you understood him. I was, yeah. So. I knew all the words he was saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah but <laughs> no idea what he connected. meant. Connected. I didn't like. He's sure. connected like he's going to make decisions at the quarterback position or he's going to know who's going to start or not. Or is dating the coach's daughter. I mean, like, I don't know. Yeah. That's all fair. All, all fair. Okay, but we follow you now. Okay. He's a part of the mafia. Is that what you're, that's what you're suggesting? I just, I'm just questioning my mind, you know, mm-hmm. just questioning my okay. mind. Kind of just mm-hmm. sizing it all up there, you know, so be careful if you're. Uh, careful when you, you tackle that guy. <laughs> that's right. And end up sleeping with the fishes. You might end up sleeping with the fishes. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. Okay. One last thing from. Uh, Coach Tim DeRuiter with regard to his defense, where it's uh, improving uh, so far this season. Uh, I think we're getting more consistent. Um, we're still having some mental errors uh, that we've got to eliminate. Um, we're eliminating a lot of the bad football plays that, that we had uh, that first week where we had some, you know, we had a personal foul. We had a late hit on, on a sideline that, you know, we, we've coached up our guys better. Um some of those things we, we've done a better job of. I think we're doing a much better job than a year ago um, of keeping the ball in front of us. Um, you know, Troy ran by us in the Oregon game. Uh, you know, but that's the only play I remember where a guy on a, on a you know vertical route you know got behind our defense uh, that we you know ended up paying for. We had we had a busted coverage in the Wyoming game that you know Tyler bailed us out on one. But uh, um, we've got to just play cleaner. You know, once you get into conference play, particularly on the road, you got to play great defense. Um, we're going to go into tough environments in West Virginia, Morgantown. I, you know, I've coached there, you know, in the past, and that's, that's a tough environment. They do. That is uh, Tim DeRuiter, defensive coordinator for Texas Tech. Jamie's question of the day is next. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Time now for Jamie's question of the day on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3. What'd you come up with there? All right, I got a two-parter for you today. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to just look at the records, but just look at the the teams in the Big 12 Conference and just how they've looked and take into account who they've played and all that good stuff. And let me ask you this question. Who's been a surprise, both positive and negative, the way they've looked? Yeah. Um, one team that's been a surprise in terms of how they've looked, and this is on a disappointing side to me, is Texas Tech. You know, I mean, I know that. I mean, it's it's not started the way that you thought it was going to start, um, and I I think I'm I think I'm surprised that the offense has been pedestrian, um, and then in terms of a team that. Is is starting to surprise me would be uh, BYU. 
after their first week. They're now they're three and zero. They've got their first Big Twelve conference game this weekend. They play a, a three and zero Kansas team that <clears throat> I'm surprised they beat Illinois. I, I think their defense is really really leaky. I think they'll be lucky to finish six and six. Um, so I'm going to say Tech and BYU. I like Chuck's BYU answer. I do. But I did not think Texas would look this good. I thought they were going to win the league. thought they were going to be, you know, Big 12 championship game, almost locked that in for it with the talent they had. Did not expect them to look this good so far this year. Uh, maybe a lot of that has to do with winning in Tuscaloosa, but that's been the shock for how good they've looked. That's a really good win. Um, it arguably the best possible road win that you could have. Uh, as for a team that hasn't looked as good, man, I got to look at Baylor. Uh, the, at the beginning of the year, I was looking at Baylor as being one of three or four teams that could be competing for the Big 12 championship, and now uh, they're kind of in the same boat Tech is, trying to figure some things out. That's that's quite a bit shocking to me. So I'll agree with <clears throat> with you two on the negative surprises. I, I feel like Baylor and Tech both, in my mind, were going to finish somewhere between third and sixth conference, somewhere in that range. I'm not telling you that either one of them can't. I think I have more faith in Texas Tech right now than I do Baylor. Mm -hmm. That may be the homer part of me. I don't know. It's just that was such a bad loss for Baylor to start the season. Um I think we saw that Wyoming's a good football team and you were you went nose to nose with Oregon, which is clearly a good football team and and could have should have won that football game. Mm -hmm. So I don't think this is a horrible football team we here have here at Texas Tech, as I've told you guys all week long. I think the Tarleton win <laughs> was had me feeling less about the team more than the two losses did. <laughs> the Oregon okay. loss because because the Oregon loss you can point at the turnovers. Man, you played well. And you played well. Yeah. 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 I, I, for the most part, you played mm -hmm. well. So, uh, anyway, I'll put Baylor and Tech in the disappointing category. But my faith in Texas Tech being more of who I thought they were going to be is higher than Baylor. Because I, I just, I don't, again, I had them as being a team that was three through six. And I just don't think they're going to get there this year. I think Jeff's answer is great with Texas. Mm -hmm. uh, I really do um, because I think we all thought they'd be in contention for the Big 12 championship game, but uh, they look like they're in contention for a uh, college football playoff spot. Yep, sure so do. it'd be hard to disagree with Jeff on that mm -hmm. one. Um, I'm going to disappoint you guys and add to the mix. Oklahoma's look way better than I thought they would. And I know they haven't played a super tough schedule so <clears> far, but I just think they've looked good. They've made, you know, <clears throat> maybe the SMU win wasn't as impressive, but they've made bad teams look bad. Okay. You beat a team 41 to three last week and you really didn't make them look bad somehow. Okay. So um, I, I'm going to put Oklahoma in that positive category. I, I, I'm not there with BYU yet. I mean, those were two pitiful performances. I felt like the first couple weeks, I just don't know what Arkansas is. And so I'm not sold on BYU being great just because they won at Arkansas. It's a nice win, no no question. Mm -hmm. And and maybe it's one of those deals where you caught <clears throat> Arkansas in the right year because, like, yeah, you know, you can say you beat an SEC, SEC team on the road, 
But if you really dive into it, it was a super down year for that program, and it may be the case for Arkansas. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Arkansas turns out to be a good team, and that we see BYU turns out to be a really good team. Don't know. Don't know. So, but I'm just not completely sold on them being a, a great football team at this point. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tap the brakes on that. I think they very easily could lose this weekend in Lawrence. So, um, I'm I'm not quite there with them. Okay. So Oklahoma is my team that's been the, the okay. surprise to me. But I, I think Jeff is is right. Texas I do too. Has been yeah, a, he's a, right. I've never guessed mm-hmm. that uh, they're gonna be in playoff contention. Thought they'd be good, but not in playoff contention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's hope they Texas and find a way to blow it. <laughs> right, <clears throat> right. That's you know. That's the hope we can all cross our fingers. Right. Or find a way for the Red Raiders to to blow it for them. Okay. Uh, you had I had given you a number for uh, West Virginia when they when they rush for at least a hundred yards in the Neil Brown era. They're twenty and five. I have numbers for you on the Joey McGuire era. I mean, and it's it's not a complete fair comparison because obviously Neil Brown's been at West Virginia much longer than Joey McGuire's been at Texas Tech. But here's here's the trend. When Texas Tech rushes for less than 100 yards, you're 0-2. I don't know who the two losses were, okay? I don't know who the wins and losses were for any of this without just going back and pouring through the media guide. When Tech rushes for between 100 and 199 yards, you're 5-5, five and five. okay? <clears throat> when Tech rushes for 200 or more yards, you're 4-0. and oh. Conversely, when you allow less than 100 yards, you're 3-0. and oh. When you allow between 100 and 199, you're 4-4. Four and four. And when you allow more than 200 yards rushing, you're 2-3. and three. So nine and five when you rush for a hundred yards or more. Mm. So that's a lower percentage than what West Virginia's was. Yeah. Because they were at eighty percent. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And again, the sample size is smaller than than what uh what Neil Brown says. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T ninety seven three, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Great to have you with us this morning. On Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. We come to you this morning from the First United Bank studio and also look forward to hearing from you on the Visual Edge IT hotline, 806-771-0973. We have sports on the radio for you tonight. Giants and the 49ers from uh, San Francisco land. That'll be uh, 6.30 broadcast time on 100.7 the score. And then... Uh, also tonight from Amarillo on 96.9 The Bull at 6.30, Coronado and Caprock. Coronado trying to go back-to-back, get their second win of the season. And then uh, tonight at 6 here on Double T 97.3, Red Raider Football with Joey McGuire, the head football coach. Uh, we got a text early this morning uh, from someone that said that they were at uh, the Rawls Club golf course last night for, for an event. This guy was, I guess, taking a picture of the sunset and taking a picture of Jones Stadium at sunset. And all of a sudden, he hears a voice in the background. It's something, ain't it? <laughs> it was Coach McGuire. said they had a five-minute conversation. He was just blown away by his enthusiasm. Well, that's pretty cool. That's something, ain't it? 
I wonder what event was going on at the Rawls Club last night that I didn't know about. That's too bad. Probably, probably a big highfalutin event mm, that doesn't. And you weren't invited. Nah, it that, stings a little, doesn't it? It does sting a little. <laughs> just stings a little. Just, just a little. Just a little. You know, kind of. Kind of, oh man! Kind of have a, a cut I hand. Bet there jump. were lots of hands to shake there. Probably so, yeah. Uh-huh. And I, <clears throat> so the mover, there's movers was, and shakers. I bet Chris Level was there. Probably so. No, that stings a little bit more, no, now, doesn't no, it? No, no, <laughs> no. I'm, 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 I'm okay. Right. I'm right probably Jeff Haxton too. Probably no. He doesn't do there. those things. I think he's like yeah. you. Mm. He he shies away from that kind of stuff. Maybe Choice Woodman. Uh, no. Mm. He, He's, he's going to get uh, his first experience going to Morgantown, though. Hey, I do have... Um, except that it's not. Except it's his second, but okay. Oh, it is it's his second? Yeah. He went two years ago. Oh, for baseball? No, for football. Oh, for football. Really? He okay. shadowed for a year, remember? Yeah, I do. Training. Yeah. I, just didn't re- I just didn't know that he went on that trip. Okay, well, good for him. So it's not... First a- time ever morning drive facts. <laughs> not accurate. Mm-hmm. Right, but he's the lead dog now. So, uh, you'll be, since I won't be with you on Saturday, I do want you to know that the Red Raiders on Saturday will be wearing black helmets, red jerseys, and white pants. And that uniform combination, Jamie, is a sterling 4 0. Black, red, white? Black, red, white. Okay. Okay. I'll have to see how it looks. I bet it. Surprised we're wearing the colored jersey as opposed to the white jersey on the road. Yeah. yeah. Wonder what West Virginia Well, wearing. that's... That that's seems odd I, in that combination. Seems okay, well, let me, let me... Let me double check that because I could be... I could be wrong, but that's what I that's what I thought I saw. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan of this uniform. Don't get yeah. me wrong. It's, it's... Black, red, white. One yeah. of my favorites. It, But I wonder what West Virginia's wearing now. Mm-hmm. Are they... Are, is there going to be a blue and a red team, or are they going to go? Are they? In, they're all whites. I don't know. But I'm prepared when I learn what their what their colors are, uh, because they've got their records since 2001. What their what their uniform records are? They're most successful with a blue jersey and gold pants. They're 32 and 14. When they go uh, white jersey, white pants, ew, 24 and 21. Not so good. White and blue, they're 21 and 14. So, we'll see. We'll see what they uh, elect to do. But, but you're right. This does seem a little bizarre, right? To be wearing a colored jersey on the on the road. Yeah, usually wear white, but yeah. that's up to the home team. Yeah, so maybe the home team's got something different in mind. All right. Speaking of West Virginia, um, Zach Kitley, offensive coordinator, uh, will have the West Virginia defense in sight in... Uh, this is what he sees from uh, from that defense for West Virginia. Yeah, you know it's interesting watching them. You know, you're, you're, you go up against a you know a, a big tennis offense, if you will, and, and Penn State, and they definitely played. A, they they mix up the fronts a little bit more against them. Uh, and then you play, you know, Duquesne team, and then you play uh, Pittsburgh this last weekend, who is, you know, 12 personnel over every play, a lot of under center pro style, and they did play a lot more four down against those guys this week. So, uh, again, I think when you go back and you kind of look at who they were last year, I think the, their DCs probably tried to simplify a little bit more. I thought they were uh, – 
they did a lot on defense last year, and I really think they've tried to simplify it a little bit. But you're still going to see three down front, four down front, and, and mixing, mixing up coverages in the back end. Well, one thing, I mean, obviously what you have to do is you, you want to take care of the football. But, man, I sure would, I sure would like to see Taj Brooks run, 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 run. Yeah, not going to be easy against uh, a defense that really does a good job slowing down the run. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you. I would, I would love to see a lot of that. So um, their rushing defense, West Virginia's, they give up just 93 yards per ball game so far this year. Mm-hmm. That's their average. Uh, it's good for 27th in the FBS and 4th in the Big 12. Red Raiders conversely give up 143. That's 11th in the Big 12. Remember, there's, what, 14 teams now, so it's not almost dead last, but it's, it's the bottom you know, third, right? Bottom fourth. Sure. It's not good. Um, you do, uh, from a uh, passing standpoint, been throwing for about 272 yards a game. West Virginia, only 179 a game, but West Virginia gives up 215 a game. So you would think that there'd be, there'd be an advantage there um, for Texas Tech. Uh, one thing that has to improve, obviously, is the, the offensive line, and Coach Kitley talks about the offensive line improvement. Yeah, I think as you've seen from Wyoming to Oregon to, to this last weekend, I think they've improved. Uh, you know, Monroe got out, out of sorts a little bit on a few plays there. Um, but, man, I thought they were playing really, really hard. You know, I thought Rusty Stats had probably his best game of the year. Uh, I thought we did a really good job of creating movement uh, in, the, in, the, in the run game, especially early on, and, and really denting that, those four techniques and some of that stuff on some of our combo blocks up to some backers. So th- they're heading in the right direction. Clearly, there's still things we need to get better at, uh, some pass protection things at times where, where we, we were a little uneasy here and there. Uh, but overall, it was really good. And again, I think part of that you know, starts with me and, and getting some, some good run calls and, and letting those guys settle in and maybe some pocket movement. Some of those things helps those guys as well. One thing's for sure, they're going to be tested on Saturday. We're going to really know about our offensive line on Saturday because West Virginia's front is very, very strong. This has been the Morning Drive Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.